Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Nathan Maines. Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, Episode 5. Today we're discussing an innovative approach of one school district to teach students over the summer. A little later I'll be talking to Brent Kamelich, CEO of Dude Be Nice, an apparel company that strives to inspire individuals. The company recently featured a volunteer at Reading High School in a great video that went viral. Joining me uh, via phone right now on Keystone Education Radio is Matthew Hathaway. Matt is the fourth grade teacher in Exeter Township School District and is the founder of Teachers in the Parks, or TIPS. Matt, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for your time today. Can you, uh, for, the, for the folks that are listening, can you briefly describe TIPS, uh, what the program is and how it began? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, in 2004, when I graduated from college, um, I started teaching in the Exeter Township School District. And at the time, um, there weren't many summer opportunities uh, for children in regular education. So I um, got a group of six kids from my first class together. Uh, we actually met on the back porch of my parents' house, which I don't recommend that to anybody starting a summer program. Um, and we would just walk down to the local community park for space to do activities. Um, over the next couple of years, I started to notice that there were hundreds of children in the regular Parks and Rec program offered by my township. Um, so I just started to push into that program because I could reach a lot more children. Um, down the road, around 2009-2010, I was in my principal program and I needed something to study, so I studied the impact of the summer slide and realized that it's um, a humongous detriment uh, to children everywhere across Pennsylvania. So I went to the school district and um, pitched my idea of teachers in the parks, um, and they liked the idea, so I got two of my other teaching buddies together. Uh, we started with 18 children that first summer in 2010, um, and then this year we had 31 of our teachers out in the community um, at our local parks, pools, and libraries, and we were working with over 400 children in extra alone. Oh, that's tremendous. 400 uh, all the way from, you said, six back, what, about a dozen years ago or so? Yeah, um, six about a dozen years ago. I never grew it intentionally. Um, it just kind of happened that there was more and more interest. Um, and then in the last uh, three years, we've had nine other districts approach us, so we didn't really have a system uh, to replicate um, the, the model. So over the last two years, we've really been working hard on um, a system that could be replicated anywhere. So talk to me a little bit about the, the typical day uh, during the summer. You're bringing together, you said, I think 31 teachers this past uh, summer and, and over 400 kids. What's a, what's a day look like for a kid uh, in your program in Exeter? Uh, you know, what kind of subjects are you covering and, and uh, how long is the day? Can you, can you describe it for me? Sure, we focus on the heart of learning. Uh, so we offer reading and math classes. Um, the reading and math classes are offered for two hours at a time, um, so children can come either two times a week or four times a week for about six weeks over the summer, um, ultimately getting about 24 hours of small group instruction um, in either reading or math or both if they chose. Um, and then uh, really simply, wherever they are, if they're at their local parks or at their local pools um, or at their local libraries, our teachers push into those programs um, and they, they get to the heart of learning in reading and math. Uh, for a, a relatively short amount of time, so then the children are back to their regular summer schedules in no time. Is there a cost associated for the for the families that participate? There is. Um, we offer operate. Um, we are a nonprofit, uh, so we truly operate at a, a a very small amount of money. It comes to about four dollars an hour for families. Um, we don't receive any money from our district, but through uh, local organizations that make donations, we're able to offset the cost. The, the real cost, I mean, our cost is about $150 a student, and we only charge about $80 for the summer for our children. Okay. 
I'm sure that, you know, with a dozen years under your belt in this program, not, not only have you seen growth, but you must have seen some uh, amazing moments and, and uh, students grow through this. Uh, can you share any stories from, uh, from what you've seen over the last 12 years? Oh, sure. I mean, over the last 12 years, there's, there's a lot of amazing stories. Um, the, the ones that mean the most to me are when our students return to the program, um, either in junior high school or the high school, um, and want to volunteer and go into teaching themselves. Um, this year we had over 50 high school volunteers um, down in our program working in our small groups um, and just one of our students um, is now in college believe it or not and uh, is in the Marines and he actually came back and um, we sat down and had a heart-to-heart about what what that pro- what the TIPS program meant to him over the summer and just having someone that cared um, in front of him and how that motivated him for the new school year and just carried that momentum right through high school and now ultimately into the armed services. That's incredible. I, you know, thinking about, uh, uh, the, you mentioned nine students, or I'm sorry, nine districts that have reached out to you. What are the barriers that you see to other districts being able to uh, run a TIPS program or something like that? I mean, what, I understand that, you know, you only have so much capacity and you can only help start so many programs simultaneously. But, you know, if other districts were to look and say, how do we do this? I mean, what, what uh, advice would you have for them? Sure. Um, we've developed a system over the last 12 years that we could help districts avoid a lot of the mistakes that we made. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that go into this non-traditional summer model um, that, you know, really just from learning from other people, you can really put yourself years ahead and reach children much faster than we ever did. Um, my advice to any district is to stop trying to bring children into the schools. Um, during my master's program, the the evidence was clear and it, it was a no-brainer. Um, I found that kids didn't want to be in school over the summer and either did teachers. <laughs> so um, why are we continuing the expensive practice? Um, let's figure out where our kids are um, naturally over the summer and let's send our teachers to them instead. Um, and then we've developed a, a system through teachers in the parks that's really helping our children bridge that summer gap. So and you've talked about uh, you're at pools and you're at, uh, I think you mentioned libraries and, and other places where students might be. Uh, what, what's the response been from, from those other uh, locations, those other organizations, when I assume you approach them and say, you know, here's the program that we're offering and we'd like to partner with you and get this into the community? I mean, how's that response been? Well, it, it, at first, uh, it's, it's kind of, it doesn't seem um, like a brand new idea, but to a lot of people it is. And when you go to a local pool board or you go to a local library board and you tell them what you want to do, it, it's kind of like, well, why aren't we already doing this? <laughs> um, so they've always been, um, in my experience, very receptive. Um, for the pool, for example, the memberships have jumped since we started taking hundreds of kids to their program um, and to, onto, their, onto their locations. Um, this year at Antietam Pool alone, we had over 100 children um, and nine of our teachers at that site. And it's the first year in years that that public pool has seen an increase in the membership. Uh, because we're just bringing people around the community. Well, and I assume you're you're combining uh, kids being able to learn during the day with being at the pool all day, so uh, uh, that yeah. would be an attraction, I would think, not just for the kids but for the families. And actually, yeah, the family, the, the response has been great, and our pool actually um, volunteered to allow our families to come prior to class and get a little bit of swim time, even if, even if they were not members. Um, so it's not only good for the pools, but it's also good for the families that maybe can't afford a pool membership. So what's what's on tap uh, for next summer? Any can you give us any sneak previews of uh, expansion plans or additions to the program? 
Sure. Um, like I said, I teach fourth grade. Um, I'm not an expert in, in scaling the model. Um, and over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of people interested. For example, Dave Volkman from the Department of Education, the Executive Deputy Secretary. Um, our local senator, Senator Schwank, is very interested. And probably our most exciting uh, partnership recently is with an organization called Communities and Schools. Um, communities and Schools being the number one in the nation for high school dropout prevention. Um, and they're starting to see the impact that the summer slide is having on high school retention. And um, if you can reach these children over the summer, the research is clear that the summer is two-thirds of the achievement gap by ninth grade, and that achievement gap is a big part of why kids drop out of high school. So they've taken a humongous interest in what we're, interest in what we're doing um, in this kind of a new model for summer learning. And it doesn't only, it doesn't only cater to the children um, that struggle in school. Um, it's for all children. So, Matt, before I, I let you go, I want to make sure that uh, you have time for a, a free plug here. Uh, folks that are listening in, they're, they're wondering how to find out more about your program, how to reach out, get more information. Uh, what, what's the best way for them? Sure. Um, quite simply, they can go to teachersintheparks.com, and all of our contact information is on there. Uh, but we are also very active on Facebook um, at Teachers in the Parks as well. Um, so we'd love to hear from um, anybody out there that's either interested in supporting such a program or bringing the Teachers in the Parks program to their area. Thank you so much. I've been joined by Matt Hathaway. He's the fourth grade teacher in Exeter Township School District and the founder and driving force behind Teachers in the Parks. Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for your time. Joining me on the phone right now is Brent Kamelich. He is the CEO of a program called Dude Be Nice. Brent, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about uh, Dude Be Nice for those people that haven't heard of it previously. Uh, you know, what is it and how did it get started? Yeah, I'll uh, take a step back first to help you understand how we got started. But, uh, you know, my background over the past 10 years has been, you know, what I consider pretty unique. I got my career start really in journalism and did the whole journalism path uh, because I thought that was my dream to be a television news producer. And so I was responsible when I was like 21 years old to produce the 11 o'clock news for a CBS station. Uh, in California and I was like wow I'm the man this is cool but uh, you learn pretty quickly that uh, there's a saying in the news business if it bleeds it leads and that's absolutely true so I got I got pretty pumped on telling you know really sad and tragic news and it wasn't about necessarily informing people it was just about entertaining and I wasn't I wasn't excited about what I was doing anymore and I felt pretty uh, pretty bummed out in terms of what I was bringing to the world so so after that uh, kind of left my what I thought was my dream job and and wanted to do something where uh, I felt like I was having a little more purpose. So I went and ran a summer camp uh, up in the Sierras in, in Northern California. And, you know, we took kids wakeboarding, skateboarding, backpacking. Basically, my job was to make sure kids had fun. Um, unfortunately, uh, you don't make a lot of money doing that. So eventually kind of had to get some real jobs working in, in, in marketing for some pretty big companies across, across the country. But, uh, you know, Dude Be Nice was something that came to life because I realized, okay, I like telling stories. I was in journalism. I like kind of building a brand. I love working with young people. How can we combine all of these things and create something that's just cool and good at the same time? And so Dude Be Nice is, is actually an, an apparel company that started with this idea of let's make cool clothes that have this positive impact on kind of young people and anybody building their personal brand, but then create amazing resources for schools and, and uh, young people to actually feel what it's like to be nice. And that's, that's really kind of our our uh, our mix and you know we're pretty proud of how far we've come so walk me through a little bit of this you you have a clothing sure. company 
that you started, uh, you know, very positive angle to it, and uh, you're looking to infuse this message of Dude Be Nice uh, into both the, the brand that you have, I guess, and, and schools. How do you do it? I mean, what, what is the... What is the way in which a school, I guess, kind of links up with, with your, your organization, and, and what does it entail? Yeah, so there's, there's several ways. Uh, you know, one of the things that we created is this thing called the Dude Be Nice Project. I told you that, uh, you know, I got pretty good at telling stories. Unfortunately, they were pretty, pretty sad and tragic stories most of the time working in the television news business. So we said, let's, let's create good stories with young people. And so... Basically, what, what we started doing was we reached out to one school in Southern California that we had a connection with and said, hey, do you have a person in your community that's like amazing but underappreciated? Because we want to help celebrate that person and plan this event, what we, which we ended up calling the Dude Be Nice Project, um, for that person. And so, sure enough, a school in Anaheim about a year and a half ago said, yeah, we've got, we've got the perfect person. This is a woman that, you know, serves uh, kids food at this local restaurant across the street um, every single day. Sometimes the kids aren't super friendly, but she remains friendly. And so we showed up with about 200 kids one Thursday afternoon and threw an insane surprise party for her that we had been planning for, for weeks prior. And really the idea was let's get kids excited about showing gratitude. And so the Dude Be Nice project is one of the ways that, that this company comes to life. And, and like I said, we, we know how to tell stories over here, so we just started filming it to put some good news and good vibes out there, and it's turned into something that schools are doing on their own, as well as reaching out to us to do with them. So you mentioned that you video, uh, you, you video record these, these uh, Dude Be Nice Project gatherings, and uh, what I understand is you've had over a million views on these things. Did you ever imagine that it would catch on like this in such a short time? You know, we when we released our first video, I think we got like 4,000 views, and we were so stoked. We're like, we made it, we did it. You know, we, we accomplished our goals, but uh, we never expected that, you know, we're actually at over 10 million views uh, over the last year with uh, the different videos we've, we've released across all of our social channels. And, and um, that doesn't even include, you know, some – some shows like uh, CBS Morning Show on Saturdays that has picked up some of our stories. So, you know, it's probably well over that number. So, so to answer your question, no, we we had no idea. But I think people people just want to see good stuff, you know. Sure. And and I think what's special about what we're doing is is kids are the ones planning it. They get to feel what it's like to you know active. We talk a lot about like anti this and stop this. We're more of the mindset like no let's be proactive and not anti something but for being nice showing gratitude and and making kindness cool so uh, you know the way that we stumbled upon uh dude be nice was was through your involvement with reading high school uh here in pennsylvania yes. uh you know how did that come into uh into being uh you you received a phone call you found out more about uh their school i mean how does that how does that work yeah great question so we you know as i said we this kind of picked up steam and a lot of people started watching these these short episodes of these stories where we throw these these cool surprise parties and uh and someone in reading um a, a woman named Kristen boyd who oversees a lot of the different communications for the reading school district saw it and uh you know wrote a pretty passionate letter to us about her school her community and you know what people think they represent but what they actually represent is not that it's actually a positive community and uh told us about a guy um, at their school named Bobby Weitzel, who has been 
um, you know, basically kind of the biggest, he's basically their mascot. He's like the, the best guy. He's kind. He, he volunteers every single game, every single day. Um, but Bobby happens to have special needs. And so, you know, we read this story and connected with her and, and found out how much the kids love this guy as well. And we said, we, this is something we got to do. And it turns out that it, that Bobby was the perfect recipient for this type of uh, award. And it was pretty darn cool. And that's, you know, we've done about 17 episodes and that is still my, uh, my favorite. Well, and I was going to ask you, but I, you, you kind of jumped ahead of me there, which is great. You know, what, what are some of the moments that stick with you as you've gone around the country uh, handing out these, these Dude Be Nice uh, Project Awards and meeting with schools? You know, every single one, they're, they're, it's funny. Every time a new episode comes out, I'm like, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. And, you know, so every single one has been my favorite at some point. But uh, there's definitely some moments that are really special. I think the reason that Reading was so special, frankly, was, you know, Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, for people that don't know, doesn't necessarily have the best rap in terms of, of its community. And, uh, you know, we, we were like, we loved that we could show a different side of the community. And we got to work with a school that has a, a high density of um, African-American students. And we saw these kids do something for a white man with special needs. And I just thought that it broke this kind of, this racial, this racial divide and some of the tension in our country. And, and we were really proud of that. And so I think that one was, was something that was just special, both from, I guess, a, a social standpoint, but also because of the recipient as well. Well, and I, I've had a chance to watch the video. I think it's just spectacular. I mean, the, the emotion in there and you could just, you could feel, um, what those students and the teachers and everybody else uh, felt towards uh, your recipient. It, it, was, it was a very moving video and, and very well done on top of that. So, I mean, kudos, kudos to you guys for, for really shining a positive light on, on Reading School District. Yeah, thank you. There's a, we work with a, a guy named Kyle White. I always try to give him kudos, who's a, a guy. So this, you're not asking, but I'm just going to tell you a cool <laughs> little story because sure. I think it's pretty neat. Sure. But the guy the guy who actually shoots and films all these stories at all these schools with me is a guy I met about 10 years ago when I worked at that summer camp that I talked about. Um, he was our video guy. He loves working with young people and, you know, having a positive impact and, and he's incredibly talented. So, so really the videos you see are really a combination of he and I just going out and making these things happen. And, and I think it's uh, pretty cool when people think, where's your whole video crew? And it's kind of like, it's here, here we are. It's Kyle and I, wow. and Kyle and I met at a, at a summer camp you know, 10 years ago, and uh, who would have thought that here we are today doing this together, but that's, that's I'm pretty stoked that we are. Yeah. So uh, how can somebody get in touch with you, you know, learn more about the project, or, or potentially if they're, if they're listening to us and they're thinking, you know, I know just the perfect person that should be a recipient of this, um, what do they need to do? How, how does this all work? Yeah, so there's a couple ways that you can kind of bring Dude Be Nice to your community. Um, one way is is to just watch our videos at dudebenice.com, kind of check out what we've got going on and uh, do it yourself. You, we, we can't be everywhere, so we hope that schools across the country create their own Dude Be Nice projects and find these people in their community to say thanks to on their own and use our platform and Dude Be Nice just beca becomes a part of their campus culture. Um, or if you are interested enough coming out, you can always email us and to kind of tell us the story and of why at uh, DBN project at dudebenice.com and you know we have a pretty pretty hefty inbox of, of great stories 
so whether we, again whether we come out or not like we hope that you just do this and use this as a, a platform and a tool for for your community and then the last thing that i want to mention that i didn't talk about is we actually have you know we realized there there's so many schools and organizations wanting to to create uh develop character on their campus and make that a priority and and unfortunately a lot of the campaigns and, and different school resources really focus on kind of this anti-message and and not a lot of proactiveness so we actually created a dude be nice week so i hope that every school someday in this country says hey we're going to have a dude be nice week where it's just a whole week of saying thank you um, to different people on their campus and in their communities just to to get kids stoked on feeling feeling kindness so we actually created a free resource and a guide that you can download on our website at dudebenice.com where schools can can create their own dude be nice week and as part of that we encourage them to get we're an apparel company so get decked out in custom apparel and uh get decked out in dude be nice stuff and make it just part of part of your thing great brett kamelich ceo dude be nice thank you so much for taking the time to uh, connect with us today and and good luck as you guys uh keep traveling around the country spreading the word Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. That brings us to the end of another episode. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to join us next time on Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.